Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Did you know that all pet industry sales, all of them, including product and services, recently exceeded $100 billion? Now, this was a couple of years ago, but it's pretty amazing. Absolutely extraordinary, actually. I remember when I opened my first pet business back in 2006, my family thought it was a crazy idea. They couldn't even imagine people spending that much money on their pets now. Granted, I didn't do $100 billion. But the industry has definitely grown a lot, and I'm excited to have been part of the industry when we've hit that awesome milestone. You see, this tidal wave of spending is just going to continue to grow. It's actually expected to continue to get to $275 billion by 2030. That's what Morgan Stanley forecasts, and that will be here before we even know it. And our doggy daycare friends, gosh, they're experiencing such a great growth because They've jumped from 22% to 28% of pet owners are using doggy daycare services now. And better yet, what I love about doggy daycare is that those services are highly profitable. That is where the profit is at. Unlike retail, where you have to invest a lot of money in inventory and are feeling like you're competing with the internet and don't have a huge margin, you could make a lot of money with services. And unlike Other services like grooming and doggy daycare, where you have to trade your time for money, doggy daycare is actually more like just selling air, right? You're selling the space that you have and filling it with pups. Well, really, it's not about selling air, but it's really about selling the fun and the attention that they get and the exercise that they get and the mental stimulation that those animals get when they come to visit with you. I'm highlighting this niche within the pet industry in today's episode because I want you to either A, consider opening a doggy daycare because clearly we have more pet parents out there to utilize it, or B, expand your current services and or add another location. And here's why. The dog daycare industry only makes up 4.5 billion of that 100 billion. So that's really just pennies compared to what's possible. 
And like I mentioned, only 28% of the dogs in the U.S. are actually going to daycare. I think that there's still tons of opportunity to capture way more of those pets to utilize these services. And I think that that number is low just because it's still a fairly new concept, honestly, to most people, even though the first daycare was established in 1987. So there's so much opportunity here. And when I think about my business journey and how I rode all the waves of uncertainty, what saved me was actually having diversified income. I had already decided to go into different revenue streams. So when something impacted one sector of the pet industry, my other sector, that other revenue source stayed strong and helped us ride through it financially. And I want the same for you. It's going to be important no matter what comes that you have money coming in from different sources. So in today's podcast episode, I'm going to try to quickly touch on some key areas that I want you to think about. And I know this will be beneficial whether you don't have a daycare or whether you do, because we're talking about what the concept is, different ways that you can run a doggy daycare and variables to consider, sizes of spaces, and some suggested dog ratio to people, and how to maybe think about organizing your playgroups. I'm pulling some of our resources from the Pet Boss Club portal to share with you today because I want you to have access to this awesome business education too. And for our Pet Boss Club members, you have so many resources available to you on the daycare page. So definitely go check those out. All right, grab your notebooks. Let's get going. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses, and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you, mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. I expanded into doggy daycare mainly because I had to. (laughs) It was never something I thought about doing until I needed to move my retail store out of an existing space and I knew I wouldn't be able to like break my lease. So I ended up surveying my customers to see if they were interested in daycare. And when they said that they were, I decided to fence in a large outdoor area that went around the building and then, you know, just started to try to grow the business. Now, this is back in 2010. And uh, it was a slow start, you know, it took a while to get going. Eventually we grew from 12 dogs to 24 dogs, 24 turned to 48, 48 turned into 80 up to 90. And eventually there were over a hundred dogs on a regular basis visiting our daycare every single day. So while it was a long journey, it ended up becoming a very profitable journey. And then I ended up selling that doggy daycare in early 2020. So I love just sharing what I've learned from my own personal experiences, plus, you know, what we get from our pet boss club members and clients and what I've learned from other business experts. I love to share it with our clients and I love to share it with you. So let's quickly go through these. 
what is doggy daycare? Doggy daycare is a lot like daycare for children. (laughs) The pet owner is going to drop their dog off to you in the morning on their way to work. And then while the person's gone, the dog gets to have tons of attention. Their dog's day is filled with all kinds of activities and maybe even some different curriculum. I know some dog daycares do enrichment daycare. Pet parents really should be looking for a daycare that can fit the specific needs of that dog. It helps alleviate boredom and loneliness and offers a great safe space that's interactive and fun and cage-free usually for you know, a great, as a great outlet for high energy dogs. Now, some dog daycares will even do naps or might have some time where dogs are in crates or in runs or in penned spaces for their break times. That's pretty much what it is. Dogs come and play off leash together. They make a lot of friends. They play some games. They run up and down ramps. They might jump through some kiddie pools. (laughs) They have a great time. And then they get picked up and they're all worn out for their owner. And so the owner doesn't have to stress about taking them on long walks or having this high energy dog, right? When they come home after having a hard day at work. Now there's three ways that you can run doggy daycare. Like there's three different types. The first one is it's like dog park style dog daycare, which I think is the most common, right? Where there's the large open space that's penned in, whether it's indoors or outside, the dogs play in these large groups off leash Kind of like if it rains, your your dog is going to maybe come home a little muddy or even with a wet belly or maybe a little stinky, (laughs) but really that's okay. The dogs are having a blast. We had an indoor-outdoor facility and our customers knew what they were getting into. These types of large kind of group play spaces are great for dogs who are social butterflies. And it really gives them a chance to kind of get to say hi to all their friends and uh, stretch their legs, (laughs) but it could be challenging for really timid dogs who want to be more like on the sidelines or hiding. There's just different benefits to those larger dog park style places. Then there's daycares that break up their space into like smaller separate play areas. So it's very similar to these big mega parks, but you're going to have some smaller spaces Sometimes they're just indoor only or outdoor only, or maybe a little combo of both. And this is usually even a safer space because you can have smaller play groups, smaller ratios of dogs to handlers. They don't really have all that space to get zoom in and revved up and run in too fast, right? Because of the size of space that they're in, but there's still plenty of room for the pups to play. And then there's home-based dog daycare. You know, we're seeing this more and more as people, especially in the pandemic, needed to figure out different ways to diversify their income. So there's a lot more home-based dog daycares. This is where the dogs actually go to somebody's physical home. This is really great for those dogs who are more prone to separation anxiety or who would prefer more one-on-one with a very small group of dogs. Because usually home-based dog daycare is really only like three to six dogs at max, typically. If it's more than that, then maybe they have some special zoning requirements or they have more land outside of their home to allow them to have larger groups. Some other things to think about as you're, you know, working on your dog daycare is how to differentiate yourself and some like maybe specialty areas that you could have to stand up from the competition. You could offer obedience classes, um, little tune-up sessions during their time with you so that the owner actually doesn't have to be present for that training class, but you're actually working 
on improving their either basic manners or even advanced skills while they're at daycare. It gives a lot of great mental stimulation and it allows you to add these enrichment experiences that allow you to also charge a little bit more. Some daycares might have structured walks where they take the dogs off location and out on a walk one-on-one. Some have just some supervised group play that might have some different toys and elements involved. You could even have a doggy treadmill and offer a supervised walks to burn even more energy or to help the dog lose weight. You could choose to cater to small dogs or big dogs. We saw that a lot in the city of Chicago where people would have just small dog daycare, which would consist of dogs under 20 or 25 pounds. Some daycares have swimming pools, not just the kiddie pool, but like an actual in-ground swimming pool for the dogs to run through and swim. You could even have private time with the staff, reading a book, (laughs) again, working on any other training skills, lots of ways to help your facility stand out. Other variables to think about are, are you going to do half days or full days? Are you going to be open on the weekends? Will the dogs take a nap? in the middle of the day and be crated so that your staff can maybe get a break and clean up? Are you going to add boarding as well? That's a great revenue stream to add to diversify your income because the dogs who are coming to daycare will naturally have their owners go out of town at some point and those customers are going to be asking you if they can board their dog with you. What will you do if people don't pass an assessment test to come to you? All doggy daycares really should come up with an assessment test process to make sure that the dogs are compatible with other dogs and and are comfortable around your employees. But not all dogs want to come to daycare. So how are you going to handle that? Maybe you expand into dog walking and diversify income in another way. Or you have a dog walking company that you refer business to and maybe get a little commission from that referral. Are you going to offer pickup and drop-off transportation? Again, this isn't a huge moneymaker, but another potential revenue stream to help build your client base. Lots of things to think about when it comes to the specifics of how you're going to run your daycare. Next, I want you to think about your space requirements, the size that you're going to need. Maybe you want to build a beautiful, brand new, fancy facility, or you could just Take over an existing space that's next to you that has become available. We've seen retailers do that a lot where a shop might go out in the same shopping center next door to them and they can take over that space and add a whole new revenue stream there. Or maybe you want a warehouse space or some other vacant building like a car repair shop that could be converted into a dog daycare. What's cool about these spaces is that they're usually not close to any residences, so you don't have to worry about any barking issues with your neighbors. We had that problem in Chicago. (laughs) After we were already established as a doggy daycare, a building right behind us was renovated and turned into like luxury apartments. And they even knew that the tenants, when they would come and visit to the apartment, would see the dogs playing. They knew they were going to be moving next door to a doggy daycare, but they still would complain about the barking. So (laughs) if you are in a residential space at all, that is something that you're going to have to think about. One of the most common questions that I get from people wanting to get into daycare is just trying to understand how much square footage they're actually going to need. Well, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals recommends a minimum of 75 square feet per dog but ideally 100 square feet 
per dog for that main indoor play area. Now, if you're only catering to little dogs, then you could go down to maybe 40 square feet per dog. But for the larger dogs, we really do need more space. So when you're looking for locations or thinking about the space that you have available, let's say you need 25 dogs a day at the cost of $35 a dog in order to break even, then I would think you'd need to estimate the need for 1,000 to 2,500 square feet of play area. That's just play area. That's not including your lobby space, bathroom spaces. So let's say you find a space that's actually 3,000 square feet, then maybe you could estimate that you'd have 30 to 75 dogs in there. Again, it really just depends on the size of the dogs and their energy levels. Just remember that this is just for the size of space you need for the dogs. It doesn't include all those other spaces like storage, bathroom, and lobby, like I mentioned. And if you decide to do boarding, I want you to set aside at least six square feet per dog for sleeping space, which accommodates a standard large dog bed of 36 inches by 23 inches. You want to think about spaces that have floor drains or really easy to clean floors, You'll want to also think about what are called car locks. These are kind of a gate system, a fence system that helps you control the dogs going in and out of the play spaces. It allows you to go through them without letting any other dogs out of the space that you don't want to. And then there's proper ventilation. Heating and cooling is all certainly important as well. After the sizing and space question, next most common question I tend to get is how many team members that they need to hire in relation to the number of dogs that are there. You'll get a varying answer depending on who you're talking to and like depending on, you know, what kind of doggy daycare that they run. But I think a good rule of thumb is about 15 to 20 dogs per handler and no more than 30 or 40 dogs together in one space. And that's a large space. And really, if you are going to have, let's say, 40 dogs together in an outdoor space or even an indoor warehouse space, you actually would want three handlers for that group because that way there's two handlers always in the space. If someone needs to go to the bathroom or if someone has to take their break or if someone has to help take a dog in and out of the play group, there's always at least two people there. Just in case there was a dog fight or a dog got injured or harmed in any way, there was still someone to assist. And of course, these ratios really do depend on all the dogs that are coming there and their behavior and energy levels at the time. And really, you may even need less dogs per employee, like 10 dogs per employee. It really does depend on the training and the experience that that staff member has. The same group of 10 dogs with an experienced staff member could be a total nightmare for a new employee without proper training. Now, when you're thinking about organizing your play groups, I want you to think about organizing the dogs by size and by age and really more importantly, play style. I know we've had some Great Danes that were pretty lazy and just wanted to lay around. So we put them with some of the smaller dogs or older dogs. But we've also had some Jack Russells who were full of energy and running around the whole place and they needed to be with the high energy big dogs. So play style is probably one of the most important, but really then you're also looking at age and size. Some dogs are going to need some rest breaks, cool downs, like think, you know, your pugs and your boxers and senior dogs. And there's going to be little quirks between specific dogs. 
<laughs> and even specific dogs and handlers. And so if you don't know who's going to be showing up for the day, you may have to kind of reorganize groups once you kind of have a full house. And that's why it's nice, again, to have multiple handlers and really try to get your clients to come consistently so that you can have a grasp on who you know is coming and that dogs who you haven't seen in a long time don't just show up and disrupt the whole play dynamic. All right. So I covered a lot in this episode and you probably have questions. So if you do, you can always reach out to us through one of our Facebook groups, send us a DM on Instagram or join us in the pet boss club because we have full blown trainings on all of this stuff, including additional resources and tools and spreadsheets and forms and lots and lots of trainings for you. So if you want to learn more about that, then jump on our wait list at petbossclub.com. If you have any questions, you should never hesitate to reach out. We're always here to support small business owners. So to recap this episode, I talked about what doggy daycare is, the differences and ways to run a doggy daycare and some variables to consider, sizes of spaces, the suggested ratio of dogs to people, and a little bit about organizing your playgroups. All because I want more doggy daycares to open. I really do. I think there's a huge opportunity here. And I want our other pet industry business owners, like the retailers and groomers and pet sitters and doggy bakery people to really think about dog daycare as another revenue stream for them. All right. Now that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It was something a little bit different and something we haven't quite dove into yet here on the Bosch Business Podcast. So let me know what you think. And I'll talk to you real soon on our next episode. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast, or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.